in a world crying out for a top 10 show. John Roca and Matt Nost are here to bring you the top 10. Take it away, boys. Welcome, everybody, to another brand new episode of the Top 10 Show. I am John Roca. Uh, I am the always handsome Matt Nost. How are you, video people? What's going on? I need a haircut again. So this Look is, at that. It's getting Look. long. Look at that shaggy top. What are you doing, man? What are you, what's going on over there? Uh, I just, uh, you know, I've only gotten a cut once thus far in these three months. So I need wow. to, again, it's getting, it's getting a little too long. Plus it's well, getting hot out. They're open out there. You know, uh, I went to Supercuts myself a week and a half ago. You can, they're open. They're available. I don't, man, I don't know if my guy is, my guy's in his age. So it would probably be wise for him to not be around a whole bunch of people. Fair enough. Um, but he's got to make a living though, Matt. He might already be out there. He doesn't really. Oh, okay. He just does this to continue doing it because he's he doesn't play golf. He doesn't, mm. do, I, you know, this is what I like to do. I get to hang out here and shoot the breeze. And, Cut hair. Yeah. Now, he, he's gold, man. He's got a place in Sherman Oaks and then has a cabin out at Lake Arrowhead. This wow. is salary because he's been living here since, you know, He's been here for so many decades; it's ridiculous. Right. Uh, so he's fine. He's clearly okay. on easy street. So it's just a. Uh, right. But he saved up his money. You know, houses were yeah. cheaper then. Uh, invested wisely. He invested wisely. Yeah, I, I have not, you know, reached out to see if he's going again because my hope is that he's not. Right. Right. But I can see him being stubborn because he's done it for so long. He always claims that he never gets sick because he's around so many people because his immune yeah. just has to constantly come back. <laughs> but he's like I, it's rare when i get sick I'm like okay yeah but you are in your 80s so yeah who knows though who knows but it is getting hotter out so haircuts got to be coming sometime soon yeah yeah that. yeah it is it is it's starting to get the days i mean today was overcast as we're recording this episode but certainly it's been hotter and it's been crazier uh i put in the air conditioning in the room i put a set i'm gonna get a second one in here uh for the office because the heat just coming comes right through right into the, the mini office here with the carpet as well, the white carpet coming up uh, above retaining the heat as well. So it's it's a lot, a shag carpet. It's a lot. Um, if you're huh? thinking about getting one of those movable ones that the vent goes to the window and you can kind of pivot it around, you ever seen those? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are great. <sighs> the you one like in our old place, it was one of the top of the line ones and it wasn't strong enough to combat the heat. Now, it was a, a bigger room, but right. on hot days, it didn't do a whole hell of a lot. Yeah. Um, I used to have one like that. Uh, Steve Morris, uh, my co-host of Cinevals, he let me have it for like a year or two. Uh, it was one he'd used at Burning Man or tried to use at Burning Man. I guess they didn't either they didn't like it or they it just didn't work for them. They weren't going to use it in their house because they have central air. So I borrowed it for a couple of years. And it only got the living room cold. It never got any of the other rooms cold, but at yeah. least it got the living room cold. I just had to angle the vents a certain way. But yeah, like making it fit into the window and making sure everything like it didn't you know, fall out, the vent and all that, that was annoying as hell. But in the end, you know, it's all about getting the place cool more than anything else. So I didn't mind it. Right now, I just use a, a Vornado, like a little, one of these things. 
know if I can bring this. Yeah, one of these things. This oh, does God. just all right. This yeah, this does well. You don't have just, central AC? In this no, weather? we don't have central AC uh, here. We have heat, but not central AC. We have a air cover, conditioner in the living room, but not. Do they cover a uh, uh, electrical cost? They do not. No, we pay power. Okay. We pay the power and the water. So, you know. But, uh, I mean, the rent's not too bad for Beverly Hills. Oh, you pay the water? Really? Yeah, we pay. The, no, uh, pa- well, we pay power. You pay water and power, you know. It's the, but you pay, you're paying power, but it's at what? The Department of Water and Power. Yeah, but they, so, yeah. you get a separate bill for water. Yeah, we don't pay for water. We don't. Yeah, I was going to say, because uh, apartments don't like that because they don't want people to be able to have their water shut off. It's just too complicated a process. So they, they cover it. It's much easier. I'm a selfish SOB, though. I want water pressure. And I'm mad that we don't get to have like high water pressure here in Los Angeles. I like high water pressure. I remember in Australia where I stayed for a um, one of those junkets. Man, I stayed in that shower like 20, 25 minutes. Just living it up with the high water pressure shower. Just like enjoying the cold and the hot. Just kind of, I just loved it. I loved now, it. So I wish we could go yeah. back to that. They don't, I, I would imagine, given how arid it seems that that country is, it's kind of like Los Angeles where you probably shouldn't be taking a 25-minute shower type of thing. That's my guess. I'm a visitor. It was only for one, two days. So. Yeah, I know. I know. I just <laughs> imagine if, if that is the case, Aussie's listening to it. There's got to be something like, oh, you son of a bitch. Yeah, sure. Come at me, bro. Come, Come at, at me, me bro. dingoes. Come at me, dingoes. Come at me. Uh, but, yeah, just enjoying myself down there. Um, what's, what's going on in your world? What else is, what else is going on in your world, man? Other than haircut? Uh, no, just working on the house. That's what this week has been. And then, uh, okay. uh, I was underneath the house today. Ooh. Fun. Okay. I'm running electrical for a new outlet and a new light switch. Uh, and then don't really have to do all that much. We were thinking potentially, but that should right. take care of all of our issues. Right. Uh, that will be finished by tomorrow, and then uh, moving on, then painting after that. Yeah. And then after that, there's another one, and then after that, there's another one. So, cool. The joys of home ownership, man. <laughs> Have you started? I know you you've gone to the courts and shot some moves. Have you actually started playing yet? Have there been games? Have you been going to games yet, or are you just shooting around? Technically, it's open again. So, right, you're flirting with playing sometime soon. Okay. All right. Uh, if that's the case, I'll be wearing a mask the whole time. Right, 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 right. I wish they had those available. They're, they're not really workout masks, are there? They're like, you just have to make it work for yeah. you, but they're not Un- really workout masks. Yeah, Under Armour did a pre-sale on one that doesn't ship until the middle of July and sold out instantly. So Yeah, now- it's, got, it, August, it's not coming until August. Yeah. yeah, it won't ship until like August right. or something. That's the earliest it'll ship, and they're like, but it might be after that. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I got some made from whatever moisture wicking from Adidas. Right, right. Like it's supposed to be that their version without going the full Under Armour route because Under Armour is like a constructed and it's got a nose clip and yeah, breathability uh, yeah. ports. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I saw it. I yeah. almost got it because it was like thirty five bucks. But I'm like, by the time August comes around, I don't know what situation we're going to be in. So you know, why bother? Yeah, I don't. I still. I still almost pre-ordered it. I came close. (laughs) Well, I want to see how just working with these other two go before I spend even more money. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Yeah. 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 Uh, But yeah, hopefully sometime soon I could, uh, it would be nice 
to get out and shoot with someone other than by myself and trying to create games of it by myself to keep me running around. Yeah. Uh, like I got to hit a certain number. I run back and forth and do variations of layups and then I'll stop and I got to hit 10 straight free throws and then I'll go and do this and got to hit X number of jumpers from this. You can, nice. you can do that for a while, but it does get monotonous. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it'll, it'll be nice to have something other than that. <laughs> uh, and then NBA start back up. Football's on the horizon. Well, we'll see if NBA starting back up, man. As all this uh, dissension amongst the players here, Kyrie Irving, of course, leading the way. Exactly. With the, with the dissension, of course. Have you heard a peep from LeBron? Nope. Giannis, Anthony Davis, anybody that's actually in contention? Cool. No. Paul George, yeah. So, Kyrie, go ahead and spout. Yeah. Nope. I mean, I, mean, I heard some from Dwight Howard. But that I, I don't think, know how much that really matters. Yeah, Dwight said he's not going to play. Uh, we'll see if that actually happens. I think Bradley's doing it right, using the moment to leverage uh, for reform within the league and stuff yeah. like that. And yeah. them saying that maybe they should relax the rules on – because it's in the CBA. You're not allowed to kneel during the anthem. Right. Allow that to go out the window and uh, force, as someone else put it, force the cameras to be on them as they're kneeling when the anthem is playing. Every, yeah. Like the players could – demand very you know specific uh, things and very easily get it and you're still having the discussion that you want to have whilst you know playing the games making your paycheck making everybody's paycheck the staffs the yeah. owner et cetera et cetera et cetera uh then it'll also better better ensure what some places did where they're continue to pay their uh part-time staff the concessions people and whatnot ushers security right right but it better enables that system to continue on as well yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think the NBA is def- most definitely happening. All right, we'll see. I mean, it's a hot. I, I mean, know that they've they've split them up into three different Disney resorts. Yeah, and top the top tier teams who have a legitimate shot are at one, and then the middle tier is at another. Yeah, club is for the third tier. <laughs> it's at a Howard Johnson's. It's like a. It's like a, one of those. Oh no, they got like a weird. <laughs> It wants to be Coronado down in San Diego but not type of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Grand Floridian, that's the middle tier. And then the top tier, I can't remember where they're staying. Yeah. Stino Hampton Inn. Uh, but then, yeah, like, there's all kinds of rules as to what they are allowed to do, aren't allowed to do. There'll be privacy sensors that can yeah. opt into. But yeah. all staff and, and everybody else uh, have to wear it. Disney's talking about opening or staying open later by a few hours if somebody wants to go into the parks. Yeah. They're going to get to see Black Widow before we are, man. That's some bullshit. Yeah. I mean, they'll try and make it as as comfortable as they can. Did you see that thing about the ring? Like they're going to wear a ring that will determine their temperature at all times. There's like this ring that's they can put, they, they created that you can put on your ring finger, obviously, and it can determine your temperature. So if you go too high, if your temperature gets too high, it'll uh, indicate it, and then you won't be allowed. The NBA talking about doing that? Yeah, yeah. It was I saw it on They're, Twitter. Okay, so I saw the remember. proximity buzzers. Where? Oh yeah, right. Yeah, you and another. The 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 caveat is both parties need to be wearing them, but if you stand within six feet of each other for right. more than five seconds, it starts to beep. Uh, I can't remember who was reading it. I don't know if I was reading the Sports Illustrated or Yahoo Sports. Like one of the basketball writers, maybe it was Dan Wurzel on Yahoo. He said the shit I've been saying, which is like, as much as you want to put them in lockdown, there are young guys who don't want to be stuck in a situation like this who may violate the curfew, may run off with girls, may do all or sneak people yeah. in. 
Like that is a real concern. It was the immediate thing I thought uh, when this all was. So it's nice to see someone of like note uh, also point that out instead of everyone thinking it's going to be some kind of kumbaya utopian situation. You know, this this human error is going to factor into this in some way. I see. I still have faith. I I know you do. I know you you do. I know you do. Well, because the young guys that are going to run around on teams that don't have a shot aren't going to be there for long. That's true. That's so true. it's not like there, then you have to stay until the finals. If that were the case, yeah, those guys are prime suspects. Right. And anybody after that, like, so then the next round, you know, you're on a team that has kind of a shot. So you go into round two. And then if you lose that fine, now you're out. And it just yeah. reduces, reduces, reduces uh, the chances. So I, I think the incentive is there. Uh, plus, if you do get caught leaving and you come back, you'll be quarantined for 10 to 14 days. So right. you're out of and probably screw you on your next contract, too. Yeah, true. That's a great point, actually. Who would you think would be the first one to violate? Like what player that is either in, but he's not in the league. <laughs> He's not on a team, J.R. Smith. That's my first. That's a great point. That's a great point. Kyrie may be a close second. Kyrie might be a close second. I don't know if Kyrie – look, <laughs> I know that J.R., one of his, yeah. you know, I guess identifiable, memeable uh, nicknames, <laughs> you know, he lays pipe. And, uh, right, right. Yeah. So that's <laughs> one of the things I know about J.R., yeah, I don't know yeah. that about. I'm sure all players are, but he becomes within a world of guys that do that. As yeah, does it. that's kind of saying something. He's like a poor man's Robin, because you know Robin would would it be would be bristling if they were to put him under a dome or whatever. It would be almost impossible. But Jr. is certainly the next. That Jr. is certainly a value, a, a, a great yeah. well, uh, possibility if he was on a team. But if he was like on, you know, if it was a couple of years ago and he's on the Cavs and he knows he has. <sighs> Chip shot. I don't think Jr. screws it up. Yeah, yeah. LeBron would kill him. LeBron would yeah. absolutely kill him. But if he was on the Wizards, there's a guy I think oh, in the game front, over, knowing man. that you're not going to win is yeah. like screw it. I'm going to go out. I'm going to have fun. What do you think Jordan would have done if Jr. Smith had done what he did in Game One against the Warriors a couple years ago? Do you think Jordan would have just eviscerated him on the court, just verbally eviscerated him on the court? I think once they get back to the huddle, what LeBron did <laughs> not look at him and Jr. Yeah. straight ahead. I think yeah. MJ probably would have mean mugged him or said something, <laughs> but just stared at him the whole time. Like you fucking moron. Just liquefied. With his uh-huh. <laughs> LeBron was the uh, disappointed father. Yeah. Like, just pissed off staring straight ahead. Yeah. Just like, not, I can't, I can't look at him. Yeah. I'm not supposed to hit my kids. Not, uh, yeah. I don't think yeah. Jordan has a problem with that. So Jordan, I don't, yeah. <laughs> There are many stories of LeBron punching guys, and we've heard of yeah. several yeah. Of Jordan of decking guys. So I think, I think Jordan would have pulled a Neo and climbed inside of JR and exploded him from the inside out, man. <laughs> Just. <laughs> but who knows if baseball even gets it doesn't look like they're gonna get their act together well, and- well they just resubmitted the players did for a 70 game season after the owners had admitted a 60 game season so maybe we're closer suddenly all of a sudden after manfred said i don't think we're gonna have a season i think the players were waiting to see how far they could push so maybe there's well, somewhere in the middle they but, can meet at 65 well the players relent on their demand of full salary right they right. indemnify the owner's from being sued if if an outbreak happens or something like that. Like there are, I understand the, the owner's side of if we don't have fans that generates all the revenue that I use to pay you. So yeah. Yeah. But 
you know, claiming poverty is a completely ridiculous stance. Well, that's the MLBPA saying, like, wait a minute, you just negotiated a TV yes. deal where you increased your revenue from three fifty to five hundred million. I think per club or five hundred million. Like, what are you talking about? You don't have any yeah. money. It's ridiculous. The, the Kansas City Royals, in one of the smallest markets in all of the United States, sold for a billion dollars. Yeah, right. Exactly. You're not poor. Yeah. It's not. This is not the mom and pop ownership from fifty years ago. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Where they got, you know, they did tricks at one point, like stunt lineups and whatnot to try and get fans in seats. What they do in double and single A, if there will be one, you know, right, right. Get fans in the, uh, you know, in the crowd. Exactly. Well, speaking of fans, if you're a Jack Nicholson fan, this is a show for you. Trying to move segue there. Uh, We are doing the, (laughs) thank you. We are doing the top 10 Jack Nicholson films today. Just randomly, we, we had come up with an idea for, something else but then we realized way back in the past we had done that list already so we were kicking around actors or actresses that we wanted and then just for whatever reason both matt and i kind of uh felt nicholson was the right choice so uh uh, we're excited for what i said why not yeah why not exactly so we're excited to do it and uh, it's we haven't done this one before and this one this is a career that stretches six decades uh so there's a lot uh, to choose from in terms of Jack Nicholson uh, movies or performances. So we are going to do that here and give him the old top 10 treatment uh, and uh, have a little fun. And the, the weird thing about it is, though, he didn't do a lot of movies. 93 projects total. He's been projects. In, and that includes TV shows. Yes, 93 yeah. projects total. So not a lot of as many movies as you might think for a guy who's been around for multiple decades. That is as famous as he is. Yeah, right. He didn't have a Tom Cruise or Tom Hanks or Denzel like run where just every year, Will Smith, every summer, you can guarantee that he's coming with yeah. me for a decade. And yeah. it's like, ah, I work. And then I don't work for a few years. And then I come back and I work, maybe work two movies in two years and then take off for three. He hasn't done a movie in 12 years. 2010 no. was the last movie he did. And that, I mean, I don't know. He must have invested wisely. I mean, like, because those Lakers, Lakers front row tickets ain't cheap. He must be doing whatever he did wisely, got a good financial manager, and he's just chilling, living his life, enjoying his life until he passes on. I wouldn't so, be su- surprised, though, if he's the only real celebrity they cut a sweetheart deal with. Yeah, probably. Or not even, he's been there. Not even that he has to pay. It could be just yeah, that he, he sits might get front free. row. Yeah. The producer that the music, I think he's a music producer that always sits next to him. Yeah. He has to pay. Right. Jack is the, you know, fan face of the Lakers. That's pretty, that's pretty freaking cool. Yeah. Uh, he is like, he is, he's perfect. Right? Like Spike is perfect for the Knicks. Yep. Moisturous, loud, talking shit, getting in the face of uh, opponents. Jack is chill, having a good time. His LA is, that's an LA representative right there. So it, I, it totally works. And whoever it is for Boston, yeah. I don't know who it is for Boston. He's been there through thick and thin. He's a fan. Yeah, yeah like, exactly. Genuinely. Yeah, um, and that's what you get another respect. I think after he passes or stops going to the games, yeah, who then takes that position? Because I don't know. Biggest consistent Laker fan is Denzel. True, true. You're not putting Denzel. That ain't the same. I don't think it's the same. It's well. It's, I mean, who's Jack? Jack is a, exactly. Like, uh, but someone will get that prestigious. It's the Jacks. Like, if Clooney was a big Lakers fan, Clooney could have slid into that slot. Like, chill okay. dude on the side. 
you know, having a good time watching the, uh, the Lakers. But he's too, yeah. he's but too saying, world weary. It doesn't work. Of of the celebrities that consistently go to games, Denzel's the most high profile. Yeah. And could legitimately fill the famous. Yeah. Right? Because he's what? Shuttlesworth. He's Jesus Shuttleworth's dad. So it could work. Yeah. I guess it could yeah. work. Well, I just, you know, it's just it's Denzel, and I can't think of another huge caliber star that goes to as many Laker games as he yeah. to. I mean, I've seen I've seen yeah. Will Ferrell there, but I don't think he's anywhere near the Denzel no. level of fan. Right? No. That's a good point. It's a good point. I mean, Diane Cannon ain't going to take it, so exactly. She's famous to me for that in the Carson Show. Uh, oh I don't, yeah, the Carson Show. I don't know, and I never really watched Carson because it was just on later when I was a kid. By the time yeah. he off, it was kind of. When I started watching late nights, so, so I've seen all the, you know, I've gone back and watched. Mm-hmm. Of, like, uh, but yeah, they're seeing clips of her on that and then yeah. the Lakers. And I was just like, I don't know. She's famous for being famous, I guess. Well, yeah, she's been an actress for a bit. She, she was a little bit of an actress for 70s and 80s. Kind of one of those ingenue types. But it was never, she didn't really have anything too big. And she yeah. was, I think she was married to George Hamilton or, no, no, Cary Grant. I think she dated Cary, or married Cary Grant like right before his death, like for a while before his death. So that, those are those things that part of the equation with Diane Cannon. But no, she's not as famous as Jack to slide into that slot. So no. um, anyway, so uh, Matt, do you want to tell them how the show works? Let's jump into this thing. Uh, yeah. Once we set a topic, we go our individual ways, create a personal top 10 list. Show back up here. I do my bottom three. He does his bottom three. I do my next two. He does his next two. Then we trade one apiece. Once we have revealed our personal top 10 list, we create the shows between the two of us. Nice. Boom. Um, all right. Let's get into this thing. Uh, all right. Um Oh, before we get in, uh, oh, yeah. for those, just it'll just take two seconds, but I sure. Uh, for those that want to be participants in the new show, it's coming out. You go to patreon.com forward slash the top 10 with the number 10. It's our version of Jeopardy. So you get to be on the show to play Jeopardy, but then the winner of the overall series of all the patrons at the Laser Nipples and Above tier, whoever wins this overall tournament gets to be a guest on the show. The cutoff is July 1st. So if you'd yeah. like to participate in that and Topic Thunder and, and everything else we do, uh, shout out. Um, just head over to patreon.com forward slash the top 10 with the number 10 and join up. July 1st is the cutoff. We'd love to have you. We got yeah. a cool, we got a ton of people writing uh, great questions right now, and it should be a lot of fun. And uh, I think we're both very much looking forward to it. Hell yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I love it. I mean, our fans having them, uh, you know, test their film knowledge against each other. It's exciting. There's going to be controversy. There's going to be great matches. There's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and in the end, the person standing tall, I think, will be a massive surprise to everybody when it happens. And that person will get to hang out with us on the show. And that'll be fun. That'll be fun as hell to do a show with a fan. Certainly, we've had guests on the show, mm-hmm. uh, but we've never had a full fan on the show for the entire time. So that, I mean, uh, other than, of course, your your uh, nephew. Other than that, yeah. I think we we uh, I think it'll be a blast to to have a, a fan on the show and uh, go back and forth and a little get a little ribbing. All of that. And they're essentially going to get a live show from us um, uh, on the show. So there you go. Uh, yeah, it's going to be great. So if you want to join, please head over there. And I'm ready to jump right in. You yep. ready? Do it. Good. At, at 10, it's 10 because his, his role is smaller, but Terms of Endearment. Oh, yeah. that's. Uh, let me see where that is on my list. Uh, so if it's in the bottom half, we do it. Or not, 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 no, I'm going to say, say slight punt. I'm going to say slight punt. Okay. Okay. But you're not. Uh, nine. So it was yep. a fight between two movies, and I chose this one Mars Attacks. Oh, uh, yeah, not on my list. So go ahead and knock yourself out. Just because he plays two parts. Yeah. And 
his scenes are some of my favorite in the movie. The movie overall is uneven, but I love it when he's on the screen. Mm-hmm. And that I could watch, like that that huckster in Las Vegas. That is a great character. <laughs> president on top of that. Yeah. But the guy that's out scamming, trying to make his money in the desert type of thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. Build his little oasis, get his pile of money to sit on. This sleazy little fast-talking bullshit artist. <laughs> uh, he does it so well. He looks so slimy. Yeah. Perfect. And it fits, it fits the tone of the movie so excellently. Um, it just, the, the movie is kind of, it's up and down and up and down. Yeah. yeah. Likeability and watchability, but his parts of it, I think are absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. I think that's why I dinged it and didn't put it on my list because I'm like, the movie's too uneven. So overall, yep. the feeling I have, it's not one I run back to to watch ever. Um, and although he's good in it and he's never delivered a bad performance in my opinion, uh, it's just not enough for me to put on my list, but I, you know, I told, I bet there's a lot of people who would have put it on their top 10 list for sure. So, uh, which, if you put the one that I took off for that, well, you know, <laughs> well, right, which is great. My number, uh, eight is about Schmidt. Uh, okay. That's a punt as well. Wow. Okay. Oh, this will be interesting. It's gonna be interesting. All right. So my number 10 then is uh, a film that I, the 10, like you said, Matt, I'm sure there was like a bunch of films in contention for 10 for various reasons, right? The, the, the role size or whatever, or enjoyability. And uh, I think this is one of those films that I just, I just enjoy watching him in. Uh, and that is the witches of Eastwick. That's my number 10. That was the one fighting with Mars. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. 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 It's like, ah, but you know what? I've seen Mars more. I know. Yeah. I-, I respect that. I just like him. I like him in this movie, man. He is he's great. He's the devil or a demon. And he's like, so laid back and, fun and just like just completely in the rhythm and he's a lothario and seeing him vibe off michelle pfeiffer and susan sarandon and share yeah. in the movie uh the way they play with each other and then you know what the twist that happens and how he reacts to the twist just all of it is so much fun because by this point um nicholson had gotten this reputation as being a bit of a ladies man yeah. kind of like you know kind of a, a lothario kind of love him and leave him type person of course he had been dating uh, or had been with angelica houston for a long time but there were rumors and so it kind of played on that idea of you know the the guy being the uh uh getting a little bit of the comeuppance so to speak you know and they, this might surprise some of the younger generation but we were doing movies where we had female empowered leads before the 2000s so just letting you know go back and do your research go back and do your history and this film is one of them you know where they initially are seduced but then they realize what's happening and turn the tables uh and that's a fun fun thing at the end the, the whole ending of the movie is a lot of fun so and i love yeah. him in the it just he's like he is. so having a blast dude and it's like to see, it's great to see yeah you can tell he's having a lot of fun yeah playing this character and it comes across not in the i'm here to fuck around yeah really enjoying getting to play this and have fun in these scenes. Right. Uh, yeah. It was, a, it was a close, but it's like, I know I've seen Mars attack. I've seen witches. East, I think twice. Yeah. Whereas Mars attacks, I've seen the whole thing. And then I've seen bits and pieces because it was on repeat on comedy central and something else back in the day. So right. I've seen so many times that I, I can visualize exactly like his mannerisms and everything else uh, within that movie, much quicker, much clearer than I can, which is Eastwick, which I just have select, like, oh, yeah, uh, part, I like this part. And right. It's been so long. <laughs> uh, so that's why I was just like, ah. Yeah. So where are we? Uh, yeah, okay. It comes up on Topic Thunder, how you choose sometimes. It's like, you got to be honest with yourself. Yeah, you do. Yeah, which um, is a better movie. but Right. I get that. 
What was the? Was that your eight? No, number ten. That was my number ten. Ten. Sorry. Punt <laughs> right, on. Yeah. Yeah. I think. That, look, nine and eight right now. I think you're going to lose your mind. You're going to be punts, but like, uh, I have my reasons. Uh, number nine is a few good men. It's a slight punt. Okay. And then number eight is the departed. Oh, okay. That's a punt. That's a punt. Okay. Cool. All right. Proceed. Uh, seven with this the slight punt. A few good men. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Go ahead. He's the best part in this movie to me. Okay. Uh, I like Tom Cruise in it. I like yeah. Demi, Demi Moore is fine, and, and and Kevin Pollock, and you know Kevin Bacon, and everybody's really good in it. Right. But he, when Colonel Jessup is the most magnetic uh, individual within all of this, and then I've heard stories from various cast members over the years, just watching, he could go and he's just Jack and then it's yeah. action. And he instantly turns into his Colonel Jessup and he goes spiel and then it's cut. And he's just right back to being Jack, but he could just turn it on and off, you know, that quickly was so impressive because everybody has a process. Whereas you know, Tom Cruise needs to be dialed in the whole time. Right. Uh, type of thing. And Day Lewis is one that he's always that character. And yeah. That too. Right. Jack can just, you know, pivot back and forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's seven for that. He is the movie I'd like. I think I'd like it less over time. Okay. Um, that's why it takes a ding compared to his other movies. Yeah, that's why I had it lower on my list too, man, because A, his part is not that big. I mean, you just remember basically the court scene and maybe the scene at, uh, is it Guantanamo where they're having that uh, meeting uh, out on his veranda or whatever with uh, JT yeah. Walsh. And you remember that scene for like the kind of a little bit of the slight menace uh, in the back and forth or the offense he takes to a lower level officer questioning him in that moment. But the courtroom is what you remember. And uh, he's great in the courtroom. But the rest of the movie, when you watch it, isn't as strong as you remember anymore, at least for me. Uh, And so, yeah, that's why I ding it, move it a little bit lower. I expect I thought it was going to be higher. But as I was looking at the other films and kind of ranking them, I'm like, no, you know, this this is actually lower for a because this part is smaller. But B is the outside of the film itself is not as strong as you would like. I disagree with you a little. I do like Tom Cruise in them. I think he's good in the movie and he's just as good as Jack, just in a different way. Um, Mm -hmm. But that's because I have a Tom Cruise bias. So I can't you know, I can't uh, not say that, in my opinion. Okay, Uh, But yeah, I, I like those. So that's the movie for that. So what's your seven? That was my seven. My oh, six is the other punt, which is departed. I was just surprised it was that low. Yeah. Um, I think his part is small. Yeah. His part is small, but I mean, he is the main villain of the movie. Mm-hmm. Although you could argue Damon might be, but he is the one like pushing the buttons and everything like that. I just think at times he veers into caricature in the movie that I, I kind of undercuts a little bit of his performance. Okay. Uh, and the menace or the evil that you're supposed to feel from, I mean, contrast what he does in that movie versus what Johnny Depp does in that one scene. Yeah, in but Black that's not Mass. fair. That's not fair. <laughs> All right. I agree. But he, you know, first off, he's not playing Whitey Bulger, but he's playing Whitey Bulger. Jack I mean, he's is, playing Whitey Bulger. Right? He is. Uh, but Depp is the sole focus of that. So he can have these more dramatic, long drawn out scenes. Whereas it's parted. It's just like you're focusing on DiCaprio and Damon and Jack, it just kind of floats in and out. So you need him to be a little bit larger than life, in my opinion, to make to give him tremendous impact as to why everybody fears him. And he's got, uh, right. you know, uh, what is it, an FBI agent uh, on the payroll? Is that yeah. what? Um, 
more than one when you find out later. Yeah. Um, but I think it, it's the difference of the two. Now you're saying who is the more menacing portrayal? It's Depp by a mile. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's. I mean that. That to me is the. I don't understand giving Rami Malek an Oscar for what I feel is an okay movie. Mm-hmm. Whereas Depp, I could see giving him an Oscar in that because his his performance is so riveting that it's it's an okay movie. But his yeah. performance, if you take that out and put anybody else in, I don't even think this is an okay movie. It's fair. Absolutely fair, dude. Absolutely um, fair. Yeah. Whereas I think you could interchange Rami Malek a little bit. It's not that he gets him, he's a great actor. Yeah. Such a transcendent performance that you need to reward what I feel was an okay movie. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. It's a lifetime movie about Queen. That's for damn sure. It is. It's just everything so conveniently happened and the ending yeah. so preposterously ridiculous that he comes out to his parents on the way to live aid. Then has AIDS, but he didn't know he had AIDS at that time. Just like you're building up way too much for 20 minutes. <laughs> On the way to Live Aid to then pick up his long-term lover after that and then come out to his parents was like, what are we fucking doing here? <laughs> uh, okay. It's, well, it's just, you're asking me to be emotionally invested, and this whole sequence destroys my suspension of disbelief as to yeah. happening all in one day for one ki- one guy. Yeah. It's just yeah. impossible. Um, one guy? Yeah. So, any, anywho. <laughs> Uh, departed. So it's at six because his part is smaller. Yeah, yeah. I, I just find his, yeah. I, like I said, when he does like that whole rat sequence, he's like, you know, doing that face. I'm just like, ah, he really laid it on thick. Or the cocaine stuff, and well, gee, she really fell funny. So there are moments where it feels ridiculous, and then other moments where you do have the old menacing Jack in that, and that comes out. And then you're like, oh, man, this is like exactly what like that whole intro when he's talking, when he's in the store and stuff like you're just like, oh, man, this is if we I want more of this, you know. And so I yeah. just wish I, we could have gotten more of that before everything happened. Um, yeah. you know. That makes sense. Baldwin, too. Baldwin, too. I've, Baldwin's fun in the movie, but he's such a caricature. It's ridiculous. You know? Um, you must be the other guy. Uh, uh, all right. So that's number what you number six. Yep. OK. Uh, my number seven is Batman. Uh, that's a punt. Okay. All right. Uh, then my number six is your, your punt from earlier. <laughs> Easy. Easy. My number six from earlier is your punt from earlier in terms of endearment. Okay. Yeah. I Look, this is nostalgia for me, man. I love, love, love this movie. I loved. Uh, I love him in this movie. And it was the first time you saw Jack in a role where he was like legitimately vulnerable. I know other people might cite carnal knowledge or last detail or five easy pieces in this past and be like, oh, well, that was him kind of showing other sides of himself. Yeah, but there was always that kind of young menace biting on the edges. With terms of endearment, he's really like this lost guy mm-hmm. who used to be famous as an astronaut, but he's like lost. He doesn't know what to do. You know, In essence, he's almost out in space, lost in space, and it is until this relationship with Shirley MacLaine that he gets brought back and kind of uh, gets put back on the earth. And he has that beautiful moment in the end after what's happened to Deborah Winger happens with yeah. where he's talking to their kids. And you're just like, damn, like I've never seen him play that. And so at the time when I saw the movie, I just was like blown away by what I was watching in his performance. And I think he got nominated. I think he might have won. I'm not sure if he won, but I think he got nominated for it. Um, and okay. it's I, it, it's always stuck with me. So, And I yeah, love I, that movie. I'd almost guarantee he got nominated for it. Yeah. The, the reason it's 10 is because 
first, second, third, and fourth, I think of it as a Shirley MacLaine, Deborah Winger film. That's fair. Totally fair. So to me, it's like, yes, he's in it, but that's their movie. Right. Uh, that's why it's a 10. It's a great movie. Yes. And uh, young Jeff Daniels, and you got John Lithgow. Yeah. Um, it's got an excellent cast. It does. It does. And a, a pretty powerful performance for both Winger and uh, McClane, yeah. who apparently yeah. hated each other when they were making the movie. But it was such yeah. a good film. <laughs> I, I side with Shirley because it seems like everybody had a problem with Deborah. <laughs> Ah, just one of these strong women at that time. It was like a lot of people didn't hundred percent enjoy. She was a vocal about issues and, uh, yeah. you know, but, it, but she's grown to be very respected for that. So I don't True. know. It's I don't not, know it's not quite the, 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 uh, pen situation. Oh what? yeah. Uh, you mean Sean Young or Sean Penn? Sean Young. Sorry. Yeah. Sean, Sean Young. Young. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where she seemed to burn every bridge. Right. Cause Deborah was smarter than Sean Young. So True. But there were numerous reports of, you know, she's kind of difficult on the set. Right. It happens both ways. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's not, like, it's not like Shirley was known for being a wallflower either. Yeah. Let's put that on the table. Uh, you know, she's but, uh, in the 60s and 70s. She was known yeah. for being quite difficult to work with. Yeah. But she had been upper echelon Hollywood for 27 yeah. years. Great so point. Okay with that when it's the yeah. new person that comes in that's, you know, swinging yeah. around for lack of a better way to, to phrase it uh and i could have come up with one had to take an extra couple seconds but i'm also lazy <laughs> when you come in that brash every, a lot of people are resistant to be like you gotta look you can do that but you need to earn the right to do that right right uh, i have i have that problem sometimes when i see someone is like well since i know you i should get access to this or you should promote me on this it's like what have you ever done why should i help you after I've done all the work to establish myself here simply because you know me or you follow me or you're a fan. How can you on my nerves? I'm like, earn your keep like everybody else. Earn your fucking keep with a straight face. You're telling people that I definitely did that with you at some point. (laughs) No, not at all. Is it going to be the screen caps of all the texts I send you every day demanding to be the co-lead of Outlaw Nation? That would be damning evidence in and of itself. I did have somebody uh, message me and just like, hey, you should have me on the show. Yeah, I love that. I'm like, why? Who I, are I, you? Don't, I don't know you. It's nothing against you. It just yeah. We have never corresponded before, and I'm getting a demand out of nowhere. You I, should be in. Okay. Um, it's nice to meet you. Yeah. I don't even know your name yet. I'm just reading this. I've had that happen so many times that I'm just like, come on, guys. Uh, like, know where you're at. Earn your keep. Climb the ranks like we did. That's how it works. Top 10 could have fallen apart within the first month. People couldn't have not, people could have not liked it. But, you know, Matt and I had a chemistry, and we built from there, and we've made decisions, and we've put, been putting opportunities. And when we're given opportunities or, or earn opportunities, we've done great things with it. So it's like yeah. those those kinds of things. So, like, earn your keep, work your way up. And at that point, absolutely, you know, absolutely. I have no problem uh, doing that. But you got to earn your keep. You can't just be like, hey, you know, I think I should be doing this. And it's like, yeah, that's great. But, like, where's the evidence? Yeah, I was gonna say for me, it's just a matter of I, I just need to know what I'm getting. I don't care what it is. Yeah, just going into it. Oh, you know, she's like this. Okay, cool, great. Yeah, 
we can tailor a show around that. Right. Uh, and he's really into this. Okay, awesome. We haven't done that topic in forever. Boom. Right. Just right. some random person be like, I, I don't know how, you know, what you're like or anybody that can tell me what you're like to vouch for you. Like, right. oh, he's totally chill. Right. He's like this. And uh, it's that, that's all it is for me. It's just like, I don't, I don't care. Right. It's easy for the expectation. That's why. Right. And I've, if I give you access to it and you say an inappropriate thing or an offensive thing yeah. or a racist thing or a misogynist thing, guess whose name is on the thing you're on? Guess whose ass is on the line? And so it's like it's that you have to factor in as well. Uh, so um, maybe that's what Shirley McLean was like with with Deborah. He was like, wait a minute, slow down, you know. But of course, Deborah is an incredible talent, so it was worth it. Uh, uh, anyway, where were we? <laughs> where were we before that? Oh yeah, that was my six. That was so your six. We're done with Are our we... bottom five, right? Yeah, let's uh, let's take a quick break right here, sir, and hear this word from our sponsors. Um, and so right. my number five, yes, is as good as it gets. Uh, okay, that's my number four. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, you see a softer side of Jack. Yeah, comes out as curmudgeon, but it's because he kind of shut himself off from the world with his OCD, right. and slowly, you know, the the walls come down with Greg Kinnear's neighbor, but primarily Helen Hunt. Yeah, who uh, you know he is has an affection for and is kind of chasing. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a nice little arc and build as he slowly accepts more responsibility, yeah. uh, you know, by taking care of the dog, but then ultimately trying to help Greg Kinnear move on with his life a little bit, yeah. uh, the right decision, so to speak. And yeah. uh, the ending, the the very ending is a nice, subtle little expression of his overall growth as an individual with a, just in a simple, small little scene. I don't want to say what it is. Yeah. Uh, but it's a, it's just really well done movie making. And Kinnear won for this, didn't he? No, Helen Hunt won. Ah, got was. nominated for this, but I, I don't think he won. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah it's, it was just, it's a different gear for Jack. And mm-hmm. that's why I like it so much. Yeah. I, I, I like it a lot uh, because this is around that time where Jack kind of was taking pieces to show the kind of actor he can be. Like the kind of actor you'd always suspected he was and you'd seen in other films, but always had been like kind of overshadowed by the, I don't know what he called the the aura of Jack Nicholson, right? Jack, everybody doing the imitations, everybody talking about other things. It was always that thing with it's Jack Nicholson, right? But like, I think if you're a legitimate actor in your bones, you also want to be seen for your ta- your abilities as an actor. Uh, yeah. And when you're watching as good as it gets, and I know people love Rain Man, and that's also about someone who's on the spectrum. Clearly, this guy is on the spectrum, right? He's got very, very clear things about you know, OCD things about certain, you know, what, what table to sit at, you know, using plastic uh, utensils, and mm-hmm. it comes from something that happened in his life when he's not younger. So you get that. And yes, he can be a very, at the beginning, you're like, oh, this guy's a jerk, right? Yeah. He's an asshole. Um, but slowly but surely it is Helen Hunt's like kind of dogged determination to figure out this situation uh, that ends up, you know, kind of forcing him to step up as well and f- forcing her to kind of let down her little bit of her pride so that Jack can help her with her child. 
Yeah. Um, so you see, you know, all these people on the journey, and of course, Kinnear on his journey as well to kind of stand up for himself and not get pushed around and be strong. Yeah. Um, Take ownership so, of his life. Exactly. So these are three broken people who kind of, through weird circumstances, find themselves at this period in their lives interacting. And it's like, okay, well, how do we uh, navigate this? Because it can blow up at any moment because all three have their very strong beliefs about situations. Um, and it's enjoyable to watch. It's enjoyable to watch the tightrope they're all walking on. And yeah. Jack does such an incredible job. And the arc of his character is really subtle throughout mm-hmm. the movie as it changes. And then it builds up to that moment where he says to her, that classic line, you know, you, you make me want to be a better man. Um, and still doesn't 100% get there, right? And it's just that's real too. Yeah. Um, so all of it, I just really enjoyed. And, and you know, there's great, that great sexy moment where Kinnear is drawing Helen Hunt and um, mm-hmm. all of that. So there, there's so many joys to be found in this film. Uh, that I, 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 and I enjoy him a lot in this movie. And it was like that kind of thing where you, when you love actors, like acting actors, you just yeah. can sit back and appreciate a performance like that really well. Yeah. yeah. Take it in. It's a, it's a quality one from, from Jack. Absolutely. Um, well, uh, speaking of that, my number five, which is a punt from your, from earlier about Schmidt. Okay. Um, yeah, this is another one where I, I just saw it at a certain time in my life where I just could really appreciate this idea of a, man who'd worked so long for this company. Uh, and this is, I mean, this is tough. Like you, you want to talk about Shirley's Theron being monster, you know, kind of mess, you know, kind of put, putting on a little bit of the weight and messing with her face with makeup or Nicole Kidman with the hours and putting the nose on for Virginia Woolf, all this stuff. Certainly actors have changed, you know, De Niro putting on weight, you know, uh, machinist with Christian Bale. Like there's all kinds of stuff, but it's tough when a world famous actor has to play a character that's essentially, uh, been a kind of meek, quiet company man for a majority of his yeah. life. And it has to confront the fact that his company used him up and just kicked him right on out the door when it was time with a gold watch. And it's like, well, where's my value in life? What have I ever done? What's my legacy? Who yeah. am I now? And so I, I think Jack does a wonderful job throughout the movie on this journey of his to try to figure out who he is. I mean, when he's sitting on top of that RV wrapped in the blanket and there's no veneer of like, you know, makeup and hair that's perfect. He's a complete and utter old yeah. man who's really kind of trying to find his peace uh, and understand who he is on this journey. And I, I think it's one of the greatest performances he's ever done. And I enjoy the movie a, a lot as well. You know, I just don't go back to rewatch it. Mm, that's, that's why. Fair lower on my list when he gives that speech at the wedding oh he just wow. looked like an um you know somebody's dad yeah <laughs> on some level that it's jack and he yeah. bites his tongue and he says what he needs to say in that moment yeah Dermot mulrooney with handlebar mustache and flat top mullet but the <laughs> long i mean it's because they it's like in what 90s early 2000s set? yeah Early 2000s. Because he has the uh, the old Sally Struthers or, or no, it was Angela Lansbury. Ah. Buster the Kid. Right. It exists anymore. It's been a while since mm-hmm. that did. So it sets the tone. But Dermot is on the back end of when, like the far back end of when that was a good, like a bitchin' haircut. Right. <laughs> and Jack's just trying to stop. Like, you could do better than this guy. And she's in love. Right, and, you know it doesn't. It doesn't really matter. But he bites his tongue. <laughs> my, yeah. my is so he's going through the family, and 
that Howard Hessman from Head of the yeah. Class yeah. and whatever, and he's Good like call. eloquent and says to Kathy Bates, like your hospitality and whatnot, and he gets to the younger brother that is only yeah. slack jaw, and he's like, We haven't talked much, but I can tell you're <laughs> a very bright young man. That's right back to him. It's a great little comedic moment. And I'm just yeah. uh, staring straight at um yeah, all the little side characters are good within it. It just I don't know how many times I'm gonna see about Schmidt. That's fair. That's fair. And they don't really screen it that much no, on it doesn't the channels, come up. right? It yeah. rarely, rarely shows up. I've caught it a few times on like IFC or one of those other like pay channels randomly, and I've always enjoyed it. Like I've always just kind of watched half an hour at least and just kind of watched this guy, you know. And I think it's quietly one of his best performances ever as an actor. Like could be argued one of his best performances ever because you just you just see him put down all the veneers man all the walls it's just there yeah. to to see him you know in that way and you think well if if this guy had been born with that personality this is how jack nicholson could have ended up not as the world famous jack nicholson just yeah. this guy you know working a company job uh you know and then what the hell you know having his daughter marry some uh hillbilly <laughs> with a mullet so you know it's crazy um all right. Anyway, uh, what's your four, man? Uh, my four is one floor of the cuckoo's nest. All right, that's a punt uh, for okay. me. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my four is already what we said as good as a guest, as good as it gets. So, what's your three? Uh, my three is a punt from you earlier, which is Batman. Oh, all right, Ooh, baby. Boom! It was fighting between that and cuckoo's for three, wow. four, wow. and ultimately, I was like, you know what? I love that. That Batman, that cemented my love of, and it actually was creation. Like the build up to the release of that is when I fell in love with Batman and seeing the movie only cemented it. And that's why he's my favorite character to this day. Okay. And his Joker, you know, and a long list of actors that somehow managed to make that their own. Um, it just cemented it. It's one of my favorite Jack movies. I can't imagine anybody else playing Joker in that movie now. Yeah. Great point. Uh, and it was so huge for me in my childhood. Like I realized the movie is not one of the best superhero films. Right. Now we've gotten 40 something, 50 something of them. Yeah. Um, which is a weird statement to say, given that the build up to Batman was such an anomaly. It's he had Superman and that was it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so just, it was pure Jack coupled with the Joker and what became my favorite character. And that's why it's three. It's like, I know I'm going to see that so many times. I love his performance in it. Yeah. And while others may find fault in the movie, I don't, it's, it's just always going to be, you know, a favorite of mine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, uh, you know, when it first came out, I saw it eight times. I just was like obsessed that there was such this great, what I felt was great at the time, comic book movie. Yeah. And I had to go see it, and I saw it so many times just for that one moment where the bat the bat wing goes in to the, moon. Over the moon, yeah, yeah. To, to simulate the bat signal. I was like, just for that, that's worth the price of admission for me. Just that moment, because you never thought in your life you'd actually see it on screen. You know what you yeah. saw in the comics so many times, um, and a great uh, illusion. But you know, over the years, it's really lost its luster for me. It's not. I think it's, I think it's overrated. I think it's cheesy now to watch. I just don't. Yeah, and I wish, but I like I like Jack in the movie. Absolutely, I like Jack in the sure. movie. Um, it's it's just to me, it's just a film that doesn't. I like Batman Returns uh, so much more than Batman, and um, I just don't, I just don't, I never put it on again. I never feel an inclination yeah. to put it on again. But I will watch scenes with Jack for sure, which is why it was seven and not lower for me. 
Uh, he elevates the film into that that the, for me up to that point and. Yeah. Uh, but overall, like the Vicky Vale stuff is ridiculous. It's and, terrible. Yeah, it's Ryan ba- Basinger is absolutely wasted in that film. Robert Wool. Robert Wool is no, terrible. I hate him in the movie. Yeah. Uh, the Commissioner Gordon's a joke, even though I like Pat Hingle as an actor. Um, the only good thing about the movie is Jack, in my opinion. And, of course, Keaton is bad. I, lo- I do yeah. like Keaton is bad. Those two just, are awesome. Yeah, right. It's just the surrounding of the movie is just yeah. it doesn't hold up for me that much anymore. And I know and people it probably, doesn't mad and yelling at me right now but that's well if you're saying for quality of movies batman just destroys it just right oh batman begins yeah absolutely yeah curb stops at american history x style it is a (laughs) much much better movie it hits me in the sweet spot of i was reading comics at that time it was really cool i was looking forward to it it exceeded my expectations and just you know grew my love of that character tenfold yeah as soon as I walked out of the theater, it's always going to have that kind of special place in my heart because right. I look forward to every Batman, like Robert Pattinson. Can't wait. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope it's excellent. And yeah, like Zack Snyder, uh new cut of just League. perhaps I'll enjoy this, you know, fleshed out or scenes with Batfleck. Uh, haven't thus far, but perhaps will. I hope there's more of him. I hope there's, I hope he comes I do. back. I hope he comes. I hope him and Cavill, like, get more time because i mean the end of justice league with those two guys there's a real chemistry between those two dudes and you you would like to have seen more of that you know yeah so it's a shame um but yeah i respect the dude i know a lot of people love batman so i i'm not it's just as my personal opinion and you know maybe it's another one that people could hang me on a cross for but like just my i just don't think it holds up to strongly but i totally respect matt there's a lot of people in your camp i'm sure um now would you take justice league if they cut flash and cyborg because if you took all the same actors, right? The four yeah. core have an excellent chemistry. Yes. The cyborg I don't care about. And right. always been kind of hit and miss for me. So it doesn't bother me if he's subtracted from this. Right. I, th- uh, I th- It's tough because I did enjoy uh, Evan Miller's performance. I did enjoy Ray Fisher in the movie. The problem is the way they wrote those characters. Yeah. When. Just- when you here's what Snyder wanted to do, and maybe we'll see a lot of that in the, when it comes out on HBO max, so much of uh, Ray Fisher's backstory, so much of cyborg's backstory was eliminated when Whedon came in and turned him into an ancillary character, as opposed to a way more important part of the formation of justice league. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Snyder has said over and over again, that his character was the heart of his version of justice, what he was trying to create with justice league. So, Yes, I can understand not having them in there. It's more the Russian family that annoys the shit out of me, which I think is is a Snyder thing. So hopefully we won't see much of that. Um, yeah. But the Ezra Miller stuff, I didn't mind because I, I don't I, I like him as it. But I would have I think I would have cast someone different in that role for sure because I don't sense that he's got that chemistry with everybody. And even that scene at the end with with him and Cavill racing, I I, I get it, but I. I don't 100% yeah. like get overjoyed to see it, you know? So, yeah, I hear you. Yeah. I think maybe introduce them in the next one or just introduce one of the two. Because yeah. At their own standalone movie yet. And this is yeah. the big team buildup. And you really shouldn't be. I mean, look at Avengers. We got, uh, we had glimpses of Hawkeye before that. Yeah. Glimpses of, you know, uh, Black Widow. So we kind of knew who they were. Whereas Flash hasn't been seen in Cyber. Yeah been seen right. do introductions of the those two on top of this huge storyline i think it's just asking a lot for a movie like that right 
I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree with you. Uh, all right, where are we at? Your three or my three? Your three. Okay. My three is The Shining. That's a pun. Okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> what's your two? I mean, there's only like one option. I haven't judged here. Any of your positioning is of any of your movies. What's your two? My two is Chinatown. Yeah, that's my two as well. Chinatown. Mr. Getch. Mr. Getch. Yeah, you're just wrong about your number one. That's okay. All. all right. What is Jack's best movie? It's my number one. It's like not even close. Okay. Anyway, yeah, sounds awesome. Uh, it's one of those you need to be an adult to see it. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and what? And a, an adult by a by a bit. Uh, an yeah. adult by a bit. Yeah. To understand the layers that it's working at and yeah. why certain aspects of society would work in these, these fashions. Yeah. Um, just, it's a, it's more complex and nuanced than, I mean, you could enjoy it for the overall kind of whodunit aspect. Yes. Absolutely. I yeah. But I don't think it has quite the punch until you get a little bit older and have lived in society a little bit longer to understand right. how something like this would happen. And especially here in Los Angeles at that time. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just a nice, complex uh, movie, and it's Jack is just so charismatic. He really is, right? Um, and difficult. Like, he's so s- smooth, and yet he's always sticking his, for lack of a better term, his nose in the wrong places and somehow finding his way out of it, you know, and through his own a brusque demeanor or his own like just survivor instinct uh, or whatever. But like even that sequence when he is like storms or not storms, but he like ends up at uh, Burt Young's house and he walks in on the wife who is, of course has a shiner because uh, he's shown the pictures to Burt Young of Burt Young's wife. Like he's using, mm-hmm. he walks into the lion's den in essence to kind of use Burt Young to get him out of a situation. Like he's always figuring things out or has these avenues all the time. And it's, it's great to watch. Uh, plus he's got this burgeoning relationship with, uh, with Faye Dunaway throughout. And she's incredible yeah. in the movie as well. This is my girlfriend's favorite film bar none, or she's told me it's the number one film that, that for her, it's her favorite film. Um, okay. And I, I, yeah, she loves it because she grew up in the Northern California. So all the water stuff is like, she knew all that shit growing up. Like that was like kind of in the, bones of people up there who sure. experience that or know that history you know so for her it really excites her on that end but also she really enjoys the um the john houston uh part of all the character and the chemistry with dunaway uh dunaway and uh, faye dunaway and uh and uh, nicholson throughout but yeah i mean it's and it's also a complex movie like you said it's not something you can see and go oh i get it it's about this and about this no 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 yeah. It's so much more deeper than that and speaks about our overall society. It also really um, shows you how ugly California's creation was. You know, you could make a movie about Chavez Ravine that could be just as ugly as this movie is and and what they did to those families in Chavez Ravine to build a Dodger Stadium down there. So there's so much that you can explore about California's history that's unsavory uh, and uh, really veers to the rich getting away with a lot, you know. Well, I, I mean, sometimes it's not as simple as like, you know, why did individual X die? It's like, well, yeah, because of this and this domino triggered by this. And then yeah. this was triggered by this. And it's because of the will of this, this individual over here. Yes. Political power or wealth 
or industrious uh, individual, whatever the case is. Yeah. But just to see that it's just like this, it it started all the way over here and the collateral Mm -hmm. damage was all the way over here. It takes a while to figure out where all things connected. It is, it is a very dense mystery Mm -hmm. uh, and you have to pay attention. You cannot watch this film while you're playing on your phone. You have to pay attention to all the different characters that pop in and all the different names that are mentioned and their, and their connections to each other as the film progresses, you know? So it takes a couple of viewings to, or three viewings even really to get everything that you're uh, uh, presented in this movie, you know, and it's enjoyable to watch it multiple times. Um, all right. So uh, well, here, my here. number one is the true number one. Oh boy. Listen to this. It is. Yours is the pretender to the throne. Just wow. So- oh, it's very strong, know, Steve. You know, uh, which is The Shining. It's his best. Okay. It's the one that I watch the most. Uh, I love it every time. It's the only one that I know of that has a documentary about all the different meanings this movie could have. Very true. Thanks to, uh, you know, the, the mind of Stanley Kubrick. But in no way would this movie ever be successful if you put in anyone other than Jack Nicholson to me. He pulls off the kind of on edge every man at the start yeah. to become this unhinged possessed by the evil spirit of, and it seems like a, like a natural progression mm-hmm. as the, the supernatural element stays grounded because I think of his performance bringing to life, the mania. Um, you don't need to see like what you see in Dr. Sleep where it's this, this, you know, metaphysical type of, thing that's acting on people it's mm-hmm. more so the is it is it not what is real what is hallucination etc 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 and he just i don't know just the perfect marriage between director and actor yeah. and that is an all-timer for me it's it's you know it's easily his number one yeah well i'm, I'm never going to deny that that it's an all-timer that's what's in my top three um it's yeah, an it's three though yeah, it is yeah, for reasons. It's three though, and that is because his mania happens almost immediately. There is no real progression. <laughs> but they just say, like it's like it's like he just showed up, and then the next day he's like, "I'm going crazy typing," and it's like, "Well, what what are we talking about here?" And he was already we, frustrated with his life, like they, they right, but not crazy frustrated. We go psychotic within a day. But That's he broke thing. Danny's arm in the not too distant past. Right. right. That's true. That's true. So he's got the physical. He's already there's something inside of him that's boiling over, and he's taking it out on the kid. So he's already right. frustrated. So right. the isolation that he was hoping for is only exacerbating. It's not the release that he was looking for. It's mm-hmm. not doing it his own thoughts. I think it's a, you know, that coupled with the supernatural element that ultimately you know is born out to be true is mm-hmm. him so quickly over the edge. Okay, but like I was saying. I just feel like uh, it's not a, it's, it's, I like the movie, love the movie. I enjoy the hell out of this movie for sure. And I think the, uh, I think Kubrick did a fantastic job, uh, you know, remake, essentially transferring the book to the screen, even though Stephen King hates this movie and has said yeah, he doesn't want anything wrong. to do with this movie. He's wrong. Um, <laughs> well, I'm just saying. But Nicholson's performance is incredible in the film. Absolutely. When he starts to go into those areas, he is nuts. The problem that I don't like about this movie is that he becomes such a, just a psychotic person and turning Shelley Duvall into this uh, quivering, crying uh, wife 
frustrates me because like uh, what where was the love there before why isn't it coming up why isn't he battling this more why isn't he fighting against this more he just kind of gives into it and indulges it uh throughout and then of course you know he starts to physically come after her and physically come after danny it's a great ending and certainly there's a that moment with scatman crothers when he does what he does to scatman crothers is like that's the moment you're like oh my god you know the the fear of it all but you also have Danny being a part of this as well, which I enjoy too, and and the visuals of it all. So it's not necessarily Jack Nicholson that sells the movie to me. It's more Kubrick's direction of the film and what he does with the material that I find to be more of a standout than Nicholson's performance, which is why I put it at three. Um, I don't think – I go to yeah. see – I watch this movie for Kubrick. I don't necessarily watch this movie for Jack Nicholson, but I – know that it's a fantastic performance from him yeah. in the film. So that's my reasonings for why it's three. But I think the we never saw them as some happy nuclear family. Right. Right. Transition is much it's easier to go quicker because we're only told like basically Shelley Duvall loves uh Danny unconditionally. Right. And Jack, I it looks as though he feels weighted down by her and him. Like right. The, the institution of the family and marriage, whatnot, does not seem to suit him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I think that's just, you know expressed early on. So it doesn't. Well, there's a jealousy, you know, right? There's a jealousy, though, Matt, isn't there? Because it's the underlying thing. Because Danny, Danny is, has something special about him, and maybe Jack, because of his proclivities to hurt him, uh, or to not, that he's maybe not the focus of the relationship anymore, which happens in all marriage. Which I'm sorry, not in all, but happens in some marriages. Where when the child arrives, all of a sudden the significant other, either the wife or the husband or the mother or the father, um, gets jealous that the child now becomes the focus of the family, of the unit. Uh, and that we've, we've heard about that happening. So that's, that's kind of bubbling under the surface, certainly, as you mentioned, him breaking Danny's arm. So he must instinctively feel that he has to assume the Perhaps. villain role to Danny's a uh, hero role or protagonist role. So, because Danny is the real protagonist of the movie, not Jack. Right. It's Dan. Oh yeah, without a doubt. No, yeah. Jack is not the protagonist. Right. Not even close. Right. Um, but I mean, he's dealing with demons of some kind. He's he's sure. Alcoholic. He's had to get himself like basically weaned himself, and that's what the you know the the drink at the bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's him succumbing to the worst aspects of himself. He never fights against it, though. He's never like, no. Nope. I got it. The siren song of that is what he wants the whole time. Yeah. 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 That's why it's his number one movie. It's uh, <laughs> the best movie he's ever done. And it's not even close. Not even close. Wow. It's not even close. All right. Well, I'd like to I'd like to say my number one film, if that's okay. Um, Go right ahead. <laughs> that I think, is. I wish yeah. I had a technical difficulties button that you didn't know about. And I could just click it. It's a bump. And then you close out and be like, all right, let's get these lists going together. And that's when he's boom. Comes right off. All right. You you were so possessive of Jack. That's good to know. Um, (laughs) This is his number one movie? Yes. Yes, clearly. Now, see, I now see my reasons for one flow over the cuckoo's nest being my number one is because that's Jack's movie. That is Jack's movie. It is his that, that McMurtry character. It is at that time in our country's history where we're rebelling against these like 
uh, systemic things in our world, this idea that they, they're the people, the people in charge of us are actually evil, actually don't have our best interests in mind. And they just want to turn us into mindless automatons that do what we're told, stay within the lines and don't cause any trouble. Yet this country was built on revolution. This country was built sure. on rebelliousness, if you will, outlaws. It was built on that. And so this the Jack representing that in the movie is incredible. And him pushing the, the boundaries and interacting with great character actors throughout, like Christopher Lloyd, Danny DeVito, the actor who plays the chief, you know, all of that. And of course, uh, Ellen Burstyn uh, in a or Louis Fletcher. Sorry, Louis Fletcher. I always get those two confused. Louis Fletcher in a. Uh, Oscar winning role as Nurse Ratchet is such a ruthless villain and subtly, quietly ruthless, right? Just kind of slowly, uh, slowly eroding McMurtry's humanity step by step throughout the movie. Sure. You see him fighting against it. And of course, Brad Dorif is such a, uh, you know, just heartbreaking in that role of his. I think Billy Babbitt's his name in the movie. And what he ends up doing is, is still one of the most heartbreaking moments I've ever experienced in any film ever. When you find out what happens that hit to him at the end, and then seeing what Jack eventually gets turned into, yeah, just breaks you, breaks you because that's well, it's symbolic of what uh, Milos Forman and other people involved in the movie and the play because it's based on the play think that um, the people and the powers that be want to turn us into secretly and oh and overtly at times with some of their actions. Uh, and so to me, that's why, and you know, Matt, how could you not think this would be, I mean, this is the little guy against the system. It's just, it just kind of works for me on so many levels and his performance is stellar. It is exemplary. It is. You know, so. it is. I mean, Tim, I mean, he's, he stands up to the wave in essence, metaphorically. Yeah. Great point. The wave just crashes over and there's nothing he can kind of do. Yeah. So he resigns himself to the fate that it seems inevitable. Right. It, uh, it's a stellar ensemble cast. They yes. all off each other so excellently, like a young Danny DeVito before we really knew Danny DeVito. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So top to bottom, it's a, it's an awesome movie. Yeah, uh, just watch it less than I watch the others. That's why. Yeah. yeah, for me, I think it won Best Picture too. I think it was nominated for sure. You might be right on that one. Yeah, I know Douglas produced it. Yes, he did. I, yeah, when he was young in Hollywood. He was doing his dad movie. wanted to be in it. Did you know that the Kirk Douglas wanted to be in the he wanted to play the Jack? Oh, he wanted character. really, yes, he but too old. Yeah, that's the thing. His because when Michael Douglas took it as a producer, and Kirk brought I think Kirk brought Michael Douglas on, or Michael Douglas got brought on to the, the pieces of producer, and Kirk lobbied him. He had to turn his father down, he had to tell his father no that he was too old to play the character, right? And how would you have an establishment Hollywood guy like Kirk Douglas? And he was rebellious. Yeah. It's certainly for the, his time when he, he was. was an actor. Look at Spartacus and Trumbo. Yeah, right, exactly. But you can't put him in this role because of his no. age. You know, it doesn't read and young and rebellious. You already have an established individual. Yeah. It's, I think, in that one, somewhat more of an unknown. Yes, with that, because kind of, he would dominate the ensemble even more than Jack already does. And Jack's just doing it through his natural presence. Right. Yes. But you have the built in, this is Spartacus, this is so many just previous generations, like decades of film yeah. Yeah. coming behind him. Yeah. It won Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, Best Actress. And uh, Brad Dorff was nominated for Best Supporting Actor. It was nominated for Best Screenplay, Adapted Screenplay, Best Cinematography, Best Film Editing, Best Original Score. So, you know, 
number one film, basically, in my opinion. So, uh, yeah, just not of Jack Nicholson's movie. <laughs> okay, number one film for that year, without a doubt. <laughs> for that year, but not for all the years. All right, fair. <laughs> All right, let's. Uh, all right, that's our that's our separate uh, top ten list for Jack Nicholson. Let's put this thing together and get our official list. Um, hmm. I think it goes like this. So, Shining is one three. Okay. What is one flew over? One four. Okay, I guess Shining is one then, right? Yeah. Now Chinatown two. Chinatown two because it's a two two. The one flew over is a one four. Right. Right. Okay. That's fine. Then one flew over three. Yeah. Yeah. And then you worked that out real well for yourself. Good. Congratulations. I, I did. Thank you. Thank you. Worked that out very well. <laughs> Batman, you have where? Uh, what's that? Batman? Batman is seven. Seven, as good as it gets. Is you have it four? I have it four. Yeah. Okay. So as good as it gets goes next. Ooh. Ooh. Didn't expect that, Colin. Cotton. Um, I think. Batman may be next. I have about Schmidt at five. Yeah, that's five eight versus four or uh, three seven. Oh yeah, then Batman goes there. Absolutely. And then what do you have? Term so what about Schmidt after that? Yeah, then we have what The Departed, A Few Good Men. Yeah, terms right. I have terms at six. So six ten departed is six what? Eight. Six eight. And then a few good men is seven nine. So I think it's uh, isn't it departed terms and then good, a few good men? You think you think a few good well, okay, sure. Right? Doesn't that seem right? Well terms departed, then a few good men, right? Then uh I have my nine and that's it. Have we put about Schmidt on terms of endearments yeah. on Batman's on Departed's on a few good men? Have we put a few good men on? It's on. Wow. Then I guess you get nine, man, because mine and ten is Witches of Eastwick. All right there we go. Boom. All right. Let's have this. Uh, let's have this. Let's, uh, let's count this thing. The top ten Jack Nicholson movies. Yeah. At number ten, Mars Attacks. At number nine, A Few Good Men. At number eight, Terms of Endearment. At number seven, The Departed. At number six, About Schmidt. At number five, Batman. At number four, As Good As It Gets. At number three, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. At number two, Chinatown. And our number one Jack Nicholson movie is the only logical choice, Shining. I'm going to bash your head in. Look, why don't we put a poll up on Facebook? No, because they always go with you. They always go with you. Because no, you, don't, don't give me you this. You rarely appear on things. I'm on so many things that I become controversial. So those polls don't mean shit. Don't yeah, but this up. is this is purely it's a, This has nothing to do with you. This is asking yes, of these two, which is the better movie to you? 
That's people it. vote against me with you all the time. So don't give me that. I don't, I don't have Rogue Nation. You know what I mean? Rogue, I don't, <laughs> rogue Nation. Try to think of something else. <laughs> Actually, it's going to be Rogue Nation. Colony. Exactly. Nation. <laughs> I don't have Rogue Island where we're our own separate entity that is, you know, lobby <laughs> and get people to come over and vote for you. Yeah. And I want that because, you know, basically, <laughs> I don't stuff the ballot. I, I don't stuff the ballot box either. I am, you know, just Come a on. potential chance to, and that's <laughs> something you don't want to see is voter fraud. True. I agree. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I have a mail-in, I have mail-in ballots. <laughs> you do, but they're are they somehow all mailed from the same address. <laughs> Beverly Hills, California. Uh, anyway, uh, well, there you go. That's our top 10 Jack Nicholson movies here on the top 10 show. A lot of fun. That was great revisiting his stuff, Matt. I, you know, I hadn't thought about his movies in quite some time. So it was nice to kind of dive back in, watch a few scenes on YouTube, kind of get the brain going a little bit about why you enjoy his work and why he's still a beloved actor, even though he hasn't done anything in 12 years, you know, kind of on that maybe unofficial retirement thing like Sean Connery and Gene Hackman, you know, these great actors that we've, Lost, not in terms of life, but lost in terms of uh, seeing them on screen. So, And, you know, because he's not going to have a new movie movie come out, like Hackman, that's another good example, yeah. and other individuals that are still around that could be acting. Yeah. Those if we'd ever get to them, because we normally, you know, pair it with what's opening that weekend. Right. Good point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, you know, it's like why we did Paul Newman like a year and a half ago or something, yeah. or half years ago or something. I just remember it was around New Year's. Yeah. We don't get to do that. And it was his birthday and we had nothing else because right. it was a slow uh, time of year. Just like, yeah. You don't get to talk about that unless they generally come up in random lists here and there. So, yeah, good. It's good. You get to talk about movies that we've never talked about or so rarely that it's almost like we haven't talked about them. Yeah. So it's nice. It's a nice change of pace. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, and thank you all so much for downloading this episode here or watching this episode on YouTube. Uh, Matt, what, what do we have to tell them? Just once again, if you do want to uh, join in on Top 10 Jeopardy, the cutoff is July 1st. So head over to patreon.com forward slash the top 10 with the number 10 and uh, jump up into the laser nipples tier and up and you get to uh, participate in that show. I believe it's the laser nipples. And up. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you enter into, if nothing else, you'll get to be a guest on one show, but ultimately the winner of the overall tournament will be on numerous of those shows and then gets to be a guest on the main show. Uh, for a top 10 in the future. So uh, we'd love to have you. We're both looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. And you can follow me anywhere at Matt Nost. Uh, and I should, we should be starting back up uh, my other podcast, Embrace the Hate, sometime soon. And uh, I would imagine Dropping Times is right around the corner at some point. Oh, cool. back, baby. Basketball's coming back. So that's it for <laughs> at Matt Nost. Follow me there. You can get all the updates. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, you can follow me at the Roca says on Twitter and on Instagram. And of course my YouTube channel, please come and subscribe. Trying to get over 15,000 uh, uh, subscribers there on the YouTube channel. We're at 13, four, 13, five right now. So we'd love to climb up there. If we can, if you haven't subscribed, please come over, see all the content we got on so many great shows. It's a uh, youtube.com slash John Roca says come and subscribe there. And of course, subscribe to our YouTube channel itself. If you're just listening to us on the podcast channel and you don't know that we have a YouTube channel, go and watch us uh, on our show. We put this out for everyone to watch us uh, on camera, uh, mm-hmm. counting down these lists. So you get our faces reacting to each other. And this is one of those episodes where we certainly, there was a lot of reactions, at least from one of us to other per- the other person's list. Uh, so those are those things you can enjoy when you watch us 
on camera. Um, and you can follow me at the Roca says on Twitter and on Instagram. And uh, don't forget our Facebook group as well. Come and get involved. So many people putting their own top 10 lists up there for certain subjects and having great discussions uh, with the fans there. Uh, so go find the top 10 on the Facebook group there and enjoy it uh, yeah. there. All right. Uh, it's uh, Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the top 10 show uh, all spelled out. There you go. Uh, Unfortunately, the truth hurts. That's why you got reactions. Oh, is that what it was? All right. Well, there you go. Hmm. You can be blindsided by uh, the truth, and it's unfortunate, but it's like a Mack truck. You know? Yeah. Yeah, Okay. Anyway, so that's that. (laughs) That's that for the Top 10 Show. Uh, Don't forget to follow us. Don't forget to subscribe to everything and, uh, you know, be a part of the world. And, yes, come aboard. Come aboard the Patreon train. So much happening. And for those of you who are sending in your topics, Send us some more topics for Topic Thunder. You know, we, do. We, we always love getting as getting more than less. So please keep sending in your topics as you think of a question, as you think of something you want to hear our thoughts on, or if something funny comes up in your head, email it to us at uh oh no, I can't say it. Can't say it. it's on the it's on the Patreon. When you go on the Patreon, join the Patreon, you get access to that email address where you can send in your thoughts and your questions for us to answer. So thank you all. So and we want to see some new blood in there. If your patrons never sent in something, send in something. Yeah, we love it'd be great. Hey, great. Yeah, yeah. It, new people. It's the five dollar and up. You yeah. all of, there's so many of them, and not everybody for whatever. Maybe they just enjoy listening. Yeah. You know? uh, uh, so if, if that's the case, that's fine. But um, it seems like the same about forty people as you're taking advantage of. It was just great. Yeah. Yeah. Different people and questions, but there's still like another hundred or so that could be. Yeah. Oh, could please. Be. We'd love to hear from all of you. Send in whatever you'd like us to talk about. And I think we had an excellent show today. I think I think so too. <laughs> but leave us if you're watching on us on YouTube, leave comments yeah. below and leave a like as well. Hit that thumbs up button because the more likes, more comments you leave, kind of with the YouTube algorithm, kind of elevates the show a little bit. So do that as well. All right, for Matt Nost, I'm John Roca. This is the Top Ten Show, and we'll talk to you next time for another episode here on the Top Ten Show. Ooh.